gentlemen, we're back again with the podcast that we do. The podcast because we're professionals. Because we're professionals. I'm Alan. I spent seven years. That's not your in name. Hungary. <laughs> That's studying not... Warhammer podcasts. I forged myself into the ultimate weapon of making a forge of casting. A forge podcasts. Of... What? <laughs> I was not successful. I took several blows to the face. Needless to say. I earn some money. I'm not great at podcasts. Hello, I'm Henry, <laughs> the second coach, the, the host. Is that where you just removed the screwdriver from your brain? Just it sort of slipped loose at that moment. It just there. yeah, that's like the slowly turning insanity, returning for a moment. It, it's kind of like you know um, all this sort of solar activity where the moon circles the sun and all this. Sort of <laughs> I stuff. I turned around to pick up my drink for a second there. I turned back. You know the solar activity. Do you, do you want to, do you want to clarify? Happening. It happens every day. You tell me where the moon is right now. I don't see it. What are we talking about today? What is the topic other than insanity? It's not the theme we agreed upon. No, insanity is not a part of this. Let's go for clarity. Let's go for clarity, I'm, honesty, and unity. I'm about one of those things. I. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll not dispute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think known to you to be a bastard. I know for a fact there's only one. Right. The topic for today, which they should already know, because they've probably seen the title. Maybe. Yeah. Which we haven't created yet. A little bit of behind-the-scenes news for you. We don't know what we're going to title it before we record. Shall we get to the topic? <laughs> Shall we get to the topic? So this week's topic is, of course... Ba-ba-da-ba! It's Titanicus. Oh, yeah, we said last week. We're like, now, we heavy-handed that so much the hand was made of like solid lead. It was made of Adeptus Titanicus, was the hand. We basically just brought in the book and smacked it around the podcast. Now, yeah. let's talk about our journey to Adeptus Titanicus. I was a Titanicus sceptic. We were both Titanicus sceptics. Yes. Because it, it released, it looked cool, but it was a case of, hey look, we have a warlord for sale with no options for weapon loadouts and knights. And you look at it and go, that looks... Like, it's not being supported, and if it doesn't sell, we're not going to get anything new. You know, to me, to my mind, when I saw it, I thought, it's going to be a bit of a smutty cash grab. Now, that sounds dirty to say it now. It, it does sound dirty to say it now. But previously, Games Workshop had definitely done a few, in my mind, cash grabby stuff. They've done a few in your mind. They've done a few in my mind. Now, that's where the screwdriver got there. That's where the screwdriver got Um where they released quite a few like board games, which were like semi-board games, where it wasn't really a fully fleshed out board game, but it had new models. Yeah. And then people were like, oh my goodness, we must buy this, we must play this new board game, and mm, doesn't really exist. Now, I'm going to slander the greatest boxer ever made, in our opinion. Don't you dare. Don't you dare slander I think you're about to slander. Forge Ben. <laughs> I will slander leave. Forge Ben. Forge leave. Ben is fantastic value. Leave, leave Forge Ben. If you have Necrons and Admech and there's a dude that's there, just get it. You guys will have a great time. But, like, the little rules and the introductionary scenarios in those box sets yes. are bad. Yes. Like, they're bad. And I don't like them because, again, kind of what we're talking about with the, uh, the the books for children, is that it gives you a weird skew on 40k. It does, but at the same time, it's because it's trying to show off a narrative with these things. And makes it so both sides seem effective. So they're doing their job, it's just you don't like that job. 
I don't like that job because it says let's make things effective by excluding other things. So in Forgebane's example, it's an effective game until you bring in the armages. And at which point the whole thing is fucked. Because armages are just too strong in that smaller game. Now, with Titanicus, it looked to me, from an outsider... Like, i got to be honest, I was looking through a pretty dirty lens. Like, I wasn't looking at it in a, in a fair, balanced way. I'm a bit of a GW skeptic. I'm coming around. I'm coming around, but I've been through the dirty years. The very dirty years. I was in the trenches of <laughs> GW shit tactics. They were the released, shaptics. The tactics, where they released pay-to-win in a really heavy-handed fashion. Like, it's always pay-to-win. Let's be fair, because if one guy doesn't turn up with an army because he's not paid for it, you've won. <laughs> well, yes. But these were back in the days of formations, where if you bought 50 Lehman Russes, they all became invincible and they could fly and they had the power of the Emperor shooting out of their bull sacks. For those of you counting at home, this is seventh on the first of our tally list of things you can play about in every episode. Yeah. We'll get there. So, I was in the trenches for the worst of GW. I... Arguably the worst of GW, where it was anti-consumer, pro-profit, fuck the hobbyist. And people were like, now yeah, they, now you should abuse me. Whereas I was one of those dirty fighters no, being dirty in the trenches. No, you, you were there buying everything as well. You weren't buying no, formations. You were still... I never bought the formations. But you were I never still, bought a formation. You were still bearing I was it. still in the hobby because you I loved the thought of England. I grit my teeth and I thought of England, but I didn't buy a formation. I did not become a pay-to-winner. And I took on formations with honest armies made of bread and honesty. I, I heard about those battles. They sounded terrible. It was a terrible time. It yeah. was a dark time. Now, Titanicus... We're just on. We're on the horizon of a new dawn, but it's eighth edition. It's a slightly different dawn to what I'm used to. It's not the halcyon days of fourth, where everyone was on a paradise island with chainswords, fucking shitting shit up. <laughs> they as were, you do. But, but I was hope. Okay, you you had that very negative mindset. I was hopeful, but I saw the problem was less not the problem with the game, but the business. I'm bastard. You've left. Alan's phone goes off fifty times a I'm minute gonna, with you, fucking you, alerts. You explain. I'm gonna kill it. He's gonna go I kill am. his phone. I'm gonna smother it like I did my firstborn. Now, it is ridiculous. And for the record, Alan has not murdered a child. Now, <laughs> it is just it. ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. Anyone that's out there that's in a Discord, Facebook group, or anything like that, you will get fifty messages a minute, and it just goes ding, 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 and it. Fucks everyone off. Now that that's it's, been silenced. It's heard through walls now. It's heard through <laughs> walls. It disturbs my dreams when it goes off. I actually dreamt last night that 9th edition came out. Oh. And we were looking at rules for new sort of Redemptor-style dreadnoughts. As in... Big boys. Big boys with arms. And like a midway between Redemptors and say Titanfall 2 mechs. Yep. And they had armor values on numerous sides and things. And What a paradise. It, it was It was a paradise. I, I was a happy man. Then I woke up. As is... <laughs> 8th edition. I've come back to it. I think 8th edition is okay. Titanicus looks like it's got more depth. It looks great as a game system, but the biggest issue was the fact that it was not really supported from business side at all at launch. It, it was kind of like questionable as to how far it was going to go. Yeah, it, it, The way I saw it was uh, they're testing the waters, see where it goes. Since then, they started bringing more stuff out, and recently this year, they sort of hit a critical mass and we considered it. We considered it on the podcast. I think we had the same discussion, but I was like, I'm pretty interested. And you're like, nah, fuck it. Well, maybe, I don't know, the Warlord's cool. Then the podcast ended, and you looked at the Warlord some more. Warlord's pretty fucking cool. I get a message late that evening. I've bought a Warlord. Alan. 
I'm a weak man. <laughs> I've always wanted a Warlord Titan since the Forge World model came out. Mm. I have always wanted one. I've seen them in the flesh, as I talked about it before. I did contemplate theft. But it's just too big to steal. It's just too big to steal. Yeah, in, in a fleeting, like, I want this so badly, I'm willing to risk it for mm. a biscuit. But, you know, it wasn't someone's model. It was the actual GW model. So they make them for 5p a, a model. Yeah, it was from a local store. This is from like the Games Workshop. World yeah, the thing. HQ. Yeah, the Nottingham yeah. HQ. So they can afford to lose one yeah. or several. Yeah, you can just hit, like they fell off the back of a bus. It's if, fine. Yeah, exactly. That's not who would know if they're at the back of the shop. If anything, yeah, if they're transporting war, warlords on buses, I think there's a problem. It should be lorries. Is anything? This, yeah, it's a very strange economy. But now, <laughs> that's I wanted, for you. I wanted a warlord. I did want a warlord. I'm majority painter sculptor. Yes. And less so sculptor. That was a lie. That was a <laughs> lie. That's a, a bold-faced lie. I dabble in green stuff. I've made some cool shit in my own opinion. But when somebody says... various fat chaos lords. I've made a lot of fat chaos lords because I'm a Nurgle boy. Yeah. I need the big. <laughs> I need a big chubber in charge. <laughs> Look, honestly... <laughs> if I need a big lad in charge. If I was the Death Guard man yeah. and my guts were spooling around my ankles and my boss was just some beautiful thin bastard I think fuck you I'm fatter than you put me in charge I'm bigger than you <laughs> if I had a few chin <laughs> get in my belly now <laughs> so I bought a warlord that's where this ends that's where yeah, the story ends with Titanicus no. I never made it I never <laughs> never saw it what happened uh, that was that was your moment of weakness and then you bought more <laughs> I did I did now I fucked up <laughs> From a from a canonical setting here, because if you buy, there's like a, a a box set which is like the Axiom box set, which is a Warlord, a Reaver, and two Warhounds. Now this box is just insane value compared to buying the constituent parts. It's like a free Reaver. Yeah, because I bought a Warlord and I bought the Warhounds, and already you are approaching the price of the box. If you buy it for standard prices, you have exceeded the box. Yeah, and you've missed out on a Reaver. It's so, like, well, you know, you may as well take a free Reaver. You may as well. Because I'm not doing GW any favours <laughs> when it comes to monetary exchanges. Yeah. Now I bought the models. And that was my that was that was the slow, insidious creeping of Titanicus. You know, I like the model. No, no, no. It was the moment I, you bought that warlord, like the floor dropped down from under you and you were just like, I'm getting everything, I'm getting Okay, the train. You're like, I'm going to get the rules, I'm going to get all the dice, I'm going to get the models. Okay. I, I returned to find that our little playgroup suddenly has a fuck ton of Titanicus. But that was the one who was there going, guys, but should we look at this? And you're like, ah, fuck that, it's going to be it's going to be shit, I'm not going to go near, that's going to be a ditch in the second return. Just, we have Titanicus, we've played quite a few games, it's pretty good. Oh, I guess I better catch up then. Now, I'd like to call myself the prime mover in this scenario. <laughs> you're the so weak leak in the chain. You plant... <laughs> you planted the seeds of treachery in my mind. Yes. And you knew that I was weak and susceptible yep. for plastic. <laughs> Love that shit. We <laughs> buy that shit for days. Um, the models themselves, before we go any further, the models themselves are amazing. They're fucking wonderful. They're amazing. The detail is exquisite. They are just beautiful little champions. And I love the idea that I now have a full fleet of titans, which aren't going to cost me my life <laughs> in monetary value. Uh, it only costs you a couple of organs, not much. <laughs> you can live without a heart. <laughs> yeah, no, just no. If you, a pump. Like, like sold a kidney and an eyeball, you get pretty far. That's weird. Now I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> now we're not going down that line because we're playing Titanicus. 
And the models are fucking awesome. However, however, I do have a complaint about the kits. Now, £65, English sterling, hard sterling, cash for money. No, this is just, what? That's money for money. It's just, it's just money. It's <laughs> just money. Plain yeah. old money. All money for money. If you Yeah, if you, you come to me with £20, I'll give you £10 for that money. Yeah, GW. Now, <laughs> I will give you oh, less than what you pay for. Now, a warlord is 65 English pounds or 1,750 Australian dollars. Now, you only get one weapon variant in the box. For now, the warlord. For the warlord. And just to cover it, they have three weapon slots. And each of these slots has one option. Arm, arm, shoulders. Shoulders yeah. being one weapon option. Carapace weapons. Yeah. Now, you can buy a kit, which is another Warlord, which has different armament for £65. Again, you have one weapon for each slot, only now you gain a fist. But like yeah, a giant have... power claw you can substitute instead of a gun. Yeah. You can also buy an upgrade, upgrade sprue to get the, uh, the second kit, so now you have more options. Well, it's £20. So now if you want a Warlord with several options... You're looking at eighty-five pounds. Yeah. Now I would argue, like the model's fantastic. The model is fantastic, and maybe I'm asking too much, but I do think for sixty-five pounds you could have given me more options. There's only two head options. The model is fairly modular; like you can do a little bit of posing with it. It's fairly um, posable. Yeah. But like, there's there's not much options in the sixty-five pounds that you pay. Now, See, I I don't have experience with warlords because I've I've not got any warlords. I opted not to. It's a fucking gorgeous model, though. It's a fucking gorgeous model. I can't yeah. complain with that. Well, so it's I think amazing. The other thing is because you're probably going to have less warlords. I think the value of them goes up the more they release new loadouts. Because if you say have one warlord, but they release another warlord like set of equipment. Yeah. If you buy then the equipment there for twenty pounds rather than getting the whole new box. You then have a lot of value for just one warlord, which is a fairly large amount of your points. You can swap it out and have like a whole bunch of different loadouts. So that's true. Mm. But if you just buy the base box, yeah. Now, I would say that the the greatest example of this is the Imperial Knights. Now, if you look at an Imperial Knight normal, in you know Eighth Edition Warhammer Forty K, it is eighty pounds. It's ninety five. Bloody hell, that's gone up. That's gone up a lot. It used to be eighty pounds. It used to be like near seventy-five, I think. I, th I swear it's because I think well, they, they released the new Warden a... kit, and then all of it went to ninety-five. Yeah, then what's the, and then it's one hundred and ten for the Castellum. Yeah, okay, so that that's gone up quite a bit. It has. Um, it fucking has. But in that kit, you get a lot of gun options. You get quite a few arm options. You get um, if you get the Crusader level kit, so it comes with all the guns. You get rapid fire battle cannon. You get all the gun options, but you don't have any duplicates. Yeah, no duplicates, all the gun options, two close yeah. combat weapons, yeah. uh, three carapace weapons, which is on the top of the hull, yep. uh, and three guns. Now, with the night box for Titanicus, it's around £20. They're three models, roughly the size of a Terminator each. Yep. And there is no weapon options other than changing the heavy stubber for a melter gun. Which is a little bit of a piss take. I think that's a cheat. Because they're very nicely detailed. Though. They're very nicely detailed, but for £18, I can get a box of guardsmen who come with all different head options, all different Yeah, weapon but they're options. old sculpts. Old sculpts, yeah. Old so sculpts, they're, they're allowed to be cheap because Games Workshop doesn't have an excuse to ramp the price yet. If they could, they would. Yeah. They've done it with battle boxes. 
Battle Force boxes, the £50 boxes. Have they gone up? Have they? A lot of them have gone £65. Oh, wow, that sucks. The Tower one definitely did. Bad GW. Bad. They looked at the Tower one and went, that's really that's good value, value for money. Yeah. Like, yeah, it fucking was, wasn't it? Still is. Yeah. Still fucking is. I mean, so maybe that, that's a, a preemptive for a Titanicus box, the Axiom. Which is just such great value for money that you never buy the individual Titans, you just Maybe. buy the Axiom box. That's if you're willing to buy that much in one go. But anyway, the thing with Titanicus though is... <sighs> there's, a, there's a big initial bump to getting into it. Yeah. For certain. But it's cheaper on the whole than 40k. Because I'm, if you magnetise shit, and Titanicus is a lot easier to magnetise than most 40k. So the people who say, oh, you're taking down, magnetise everything. Yeah, mag- mag- Some of it's not that easy. Magnetizing takes a lot of time, and it's not a fun thing to do. I don't find magnetizing fun. Mm. I find it a bit of a chore, and it's also a bit... Like, there's a little bit of stress in it, because it's like, if I mess this up, I could fuck this model. Yeah. Like, I could just fuck this Tau uh, battlesuit, and then I'm just down a battlesuit, which is not good. Worse, if you're something like a ghost kill, and you fucked it. Yeah, if you, like, cut too much off the arm or something like that, you know, or your drill goes through the side of the arm, then mm. you... I mean, you can green stuff that, but anyway. But if you're not, like, good with it... Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Um, so, Titanic is a lot easier to magnetise, so your value for money goes up. Also, this is the thing. I think as you go down the size in Titans, only the Titans, not the Knights, the value goes up dramatically yeah. in terms of the kit, because the Warlord has... One weapon for each slot. One weapon for each slot, and if you buy the Fist one, you can swap out the Fist for a gun, depending which one it is. The Reaver has usually like two guns, one carapace weapon, and a fist option yep. on it. Yep. Both of the kits have that. Then the Warhound kit has every single weapon available. Yeah, and two of. Two of. Because you get two Warhounds in the box, and the fact that they give you two guns is amazing. It is actually amazing, because go back in time mm. to Devastators and Havocs from 40k 8th, you got one weapon, so if you wanted a team of last cannon guys, you had to either buy four kits or swap oh, with God, people, was, yeah. or you know buy it off eBay and that sort of stuff. It was a real mess. Yeah, real mess. Are they still like that. I think now you get two of each weapon, yeah. unless it's the super good weapon, in which case you only get one. I was gonna say, I know that's how it works with the Havocs. Havocs get two yeah. of each weapon, barring the chain gun, which everyone wants, which there's only one of. Because fuck you, G Dubs. I think it's the same with the Grav for the de- oh, Spaceman Devastators. Bastard. Anyway, Warhounds get two of each weapon, which is nice. And then if you magnetise, you just have weapons for days. Yeah. Again, you do have the issue that it's quite a limited range at the minute, in that there is Reaver, Warhound, Knights, and Warlord. Yep. And there's not really scope for expansion there. Mm, that's not true. I mean, we have we the Imperator-class Titan. I don't really know if the Imperator, the Imperator could be too large. But we have the Porphyron on the way, and the Porphyron is Bay. We have the brand new Kadunkadunk Nemesis Dunk Boy, the Dunk Lord of Canon. I literally don't know what you mean there. <laughs> the Forge World of Dunk. Mr. Big. You mean the Warbringer? Yeah. I believe it's called Warbringer. Is he the Nemesis Warbringer? Yes. Did I say Nemesis? I didn't know what Nemesis meant. Well, I don't know what the seven fucking of those mean. <laughs> yeah, you got him on the way. He's going to be a big artillery piece. So that, that's two more models coming in this way. Yeah. And after that. I'm interested to see where they go because they like, start bringing in new they, titans of their own, or or they could start maybe bringing in other races. You know, I would like to see it go two ways. I would love to see a other races, mm. so like orcs, Eldar, the classics, bring them back. Yep, that'd be a lot of fun. 
Or, oh no, I know the way that'd go. Or B, more like epic. Where I would love to see, and no, I don't mean that, I don't want to see um, epic return. Now that sounds bad. Like I don't mind Epic returning in its own thing, and then the Titanicus models can be subbed in. But for Titanicus, what I'd love is more support pieces for the Titans showing up. Yeah. So like you know, um, we already have the bunkers, but it'd be fun to have like you know little um, tank uh, squadrons which are assigned to Titan groups to help kill other Titans. Yeah. I think we could probably get that in expansion or two actually. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that's feasible, and that's sort of in line with Mech Warrior. Yeah, that's you what know those those sorts of games that have developed since Titanicus first came out back in the uh, day. I think MechWarrior may predate it. It does actually. Yeah, that's, that's that's what 80s. they base it on. Yeah, sorry, my bad. There's my also, bad. There's also new MechWarrior stuff which I'm looking at anyway. Jazzy. Yeah, but I know the way they will go because they'll probably bring in a few more support pieces. Whether it's actual little tanks or not, I don't know. New races would be complicated, especially for Tim with the setting of Titanicus, but. I'd like to see it. I'd love to see Orcs and Eldar and so on. Yep. I'd love to see the fucking Necron Titanicus equivalents. Would I? Not, not with the modern Necrons, actually. Yeah, I think not they'd be giant Necrons. spiders with pharaohs. Yeah, back top. in the old days. Pharaohs. Back in the olden days, they could be interesting. Tyrannies would be quite cool. And uh, even then, Hera Jewel's a bit. Herophont, I think it is. Herophont, yeah. It doesn't look good, but they could do all different stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like. But the way they will go is chaos. They'll yeah, go I mean, for a bit more chaosy looking. Well, I, I've seen people talk about this and, you know, saying, can we have late heresy titans? Mm. Which means, you know, the titan has returned to the warp at some point or, you know, just been mutated by being alongside other chaos units, other chaos elements elements that have been to the warper through demonic rituals, pacts, binding demons to titan... Carapai. Uh, Carapai. Uh, now, I do think that's cool. Mm. I do think it's cool. I do think it's fun, but I don't think that would be as good as introducing other races. Other races I think would be a lot better because they're a lot more different immediately. Yeah, and profiles. And the, profiles. Yeah, it, it, so like, if you had a tainted warlord that is like a giant chaos rupturing beast you know, be awesome but at the end of the day its profile is still going to be similar to a warlord. Yeah. Whereas you could have an orc stomper that could just do something mad and crazy. It's also a great way to get new people in. So I think there's a few people looking at it going the matches look like it's two of the same armies. Yeah. Which it kind of is but I think there's enough depth in the rules and loadouts and so on and yeah. maniples. All stuff we should probably explain. We'll go but through that, yeah. All that sort of depth and stuff is in there and it's good as it is great as it is. It's fucking wonderful as it is. But adding in like one or two more races fantastic shit. That'd be just like oh good lord. Good, sweet God. Yeah. Something else they could do is they could delve through some of the weirder bits or like more obscure bits of lore to dredge out Titans from there. Because I know there's a couple of like Psycho Titans. There's meant to be one very rare form of Titan. There's only a few hundred made, which was psychic as fuck. Yeah. And sort of brought out in times of, well, do we need this planet? Because we kind of sacrifice to stop them, just kind of send out the psychic boy. Yeah, those those guys are fucking awesome, and I do love the idea of um, kind of more doomsday slash shackled titans. So what I mean by that is just like from a rule set, you know, you have like a defensive titan that has limitations on what it can do. Because at the minute, the titans are limited by their profiles and what they can do and their capabilities, but they all have you know guns. They're all sort of semi-good at movement other than the Warlord you know and stuff. <laughs> Lardex but I love the idea of you know Psycho Titans uh, more like Doomsday Weapon Titans where you just have a Titan with just insane weaponry Nemesis yeah I mean the Nemesis is amazing because I really love that model 
I'm, I'm, I'm shit scared of what's going to happen. I'm jazzed for when it comes out. Coming. It, it's basically like halfway between a Warlord and a Reaver, and it has a giant revolver on its back. <laughs> Which, it sounds cooler than it does in words. If you look at it, you go, you know what, fuck it, that's cool. It works. It's dumb, but it's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. But yeah, okay, I so... When it comes to, we mentioned just now how there's a lot of differences when you actually play the game. Other than having like you know the three main Titan models, how does it differ? How does it make it feel different from game to game? How, how does one army different from the other? First of all, there's different factions. And yes. they're actually sort of meaningfully different. And what's more is it's not just that they're meaningfully different. It's that there's not a faction you look at and go, well, they're the one I should play if I'm a loyalist. Or they're the ones I should play if I'm a traitor. It's not like, say, with um, Tau. Great codex. Yeah. There's only one faction you should play. Uh, arguably two. Uh, arguably two. What, what's the second? Uh, Viola. There's a lot of Viola love. Anyway, uh, we're getting derailed. Yeah. But, see, now I'm on the other side of it. And I also agree that I love the different uh, legions, the yep. titans. But I'd argue that the legions actually are quite insignificant in a way. In that I don't think there's anything particularly game-breaking in any of the legions. Some are stronger than others. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple which are built to be... Fairly strong. Not, there's, I think there's some which are built to be simpler and some which are built to be more of a challenge. Like if you want to have a bit of a laugh. Like yeah. the one which massively increases the chance of the machine spirit going wrong. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of fun like that. And I do like that because that gives you subtle variation. So let's say you're playing a newer player... You can pick a legion that is slightly more forgiving, less competitive. Yeah. Um, however, I'd even argue that the greatest um, legions, you know, it's you know, I'd say Mortis is the strongest one because for every kill Mortis get, they get a reroll. Yeah. Now in Titanicus, there are zero rerolls. There are no rerolls other than you know special rules. Um, but you know, there's they're no. Rare. They're there's not no like 40k, but there's a just you get you can't spend command points. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you can't spend command points. There's no free reroll per turn or anything like that. There's no rerolls other than special rules. Yeah. Now mortars get one free reroll for every turn they kill. Now that's awesome. That is a, a great level of power, but also it's kind of insignificant to the game at large. Mm. You know, because if you kill four titans, you gain four rerolls. Well, you're probably winning that game anyway. Yeah, I'd say they're still interesting though. Like this. Because the there's also a great variety. Like for instance, the one which you have, your traps get to fire one shot before the game per Titan. After now, deployment, before the game begins. Now, what that does... Well, let's talk is, about that a little bit later. Because I want to talk about that when we get to the classifications of Titans. Specifically with my Legion. I was just going to say, it's just it changes the way you play yeah. quite significantly. Yeah, yeah. Without you having to have brand new models. It changes how you do things, how you plan things. Yeah. Um, after that... They're the, I'd say they're of the two things which will change how you play, the two main things that change how you play, they're the less important one. The more important one is maniples. Yes. Maniples are basically which groups of titans are you bringing. And maniples are three to five titans, usually. Now, spoiler. I love Titanicus. I really love the game. I've got fully on board with it. It is very much a nice blend of kind of old rules and rule sets. With Actually having complexity and depth and interesting decisions to make. Yeah, and, and new direction as yeah. well. You know, it's not just a rehashing of the old rules, uh, which, you know, they've done a fantastic job on. Um, 
Now, I love Titanicus, however, it is just like Necromunda, in a way. In that I love both of them. Mm. Both of them are fantastic. The setting is fantastic. The rule books are fantastic. Um, really love both of them. However, there are exploits and there are things which are just bizarrely bad when compared to others. And that exists in both of them. I'd say more so Necromunda by a long way. More, more so by, yeah, Necromunda is way more the extremes. So there's stuff which is just bonkers good and bonkers bad. Yeah. Whereas Titanicus has this is strong and this is weaker. Yeah. Which in itself is not game breaking. So let's talk about the mana pools quickly because the mana pools determine what you're going to take. And the way that I approached mana pools when I first looked at it is just what titans do I want? And then I'll have to kind of mold that into a mana pool. So if I wanted lots of reavers and lots of warlords, I'd have to pick up one of the heavier mana pools like Mermidian or something like that. Or if you want all warhounds, you use the... Do you mean Myrmidon? I think it's Mermidian because there's an I in there in the middle. Anyway. Um, Is it the one with the Y? I can't remember. If it's the one with the Y, it's Myrmidon. <laughs> Either way, it's great. Either way, it's great. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I saw the manipuls as a, a means to an end for taking titans. Yeah. However, some of the bonuses are batty. And some of them are just I, confusing. I, I wouldn't say some of them are batty. <laughs> Maybe just one or two. Now, I mean, just to, just to finish with the manipuls, because, you know, there's all sorts of discussions and people can give you guidance anywhere you want to go with it. Yeah. Now... You know, as a beginner, I would look at it as, what do I want to take? Do I want a nice bonus for what I take? Uh, the Axiom, which is the, the box you can buy, which is just Warlord, Reaver, Warhound. And you can then add in an extra Reaver and Warhound to make it five. Yeah, that's that's a great stable um, box. Like, a lot of people have attacked it for being one of the weaker manables. I think it's a fine manable. Yeah. It's what, fine. It's just What average. it does is it also goes, did you want to just have a mixture of models? Well, have a bonus. Yeah. Whereas other manipuls tend to be a bit more skewed, so they generally only include two types of titan. Yeah. But that's the one that goes, did you want stuff? Have stuff. Yeah, take, take, nice. take a real mix, which is great. So the two manipuls I want to focus on, just to explain how we mean, you know, there's a weaker and there's a stronger. Mm. So stronger. You know which direction I'm I, going. I know immediately which direction you're going. Now, this is something that Alan has taken under his wing. I, yeah. He's propelled his own body on the weight of this maniple. Spoiler, he's beating me <laughs> with this maniple. And I, that's the only reason he's beating me. It's because he's running this maniple. Well, yes, because without the maniple, my things would be shit. Well, it's because I like the warhounds. I was like, ah, oh, I like the, I just like them. They're smaller. Everyone tends to have warlords in their bat reps and so on. Yeah. Warhounds would be different. They can do they're, different they're, things. They're the smallest class, for anyone that doesn't know. They're the smallest, theoretically weakest, but Titanicus, that's not actually true. You know, there's, there is a very nice balance between Warhound, Warlord, Reaver, in hmm. my opinion. In that the war, they are smaller, they are less shooty, they're weaker, but they're quicker, so they can do some interesting shit. They're mobile, and they also pack a fairly decent punch for their size. Now, yeah. and that depends on if you can play them. Now, you know, the way that Alan plays them is just like a hunting pack. And that is the Lupercal Maniple in lore and how you should play them, and it, it rewards you for playing them like they should, which it's is... wonderful. It's yeah. so fucking wonderful. You swarm over the enemy, outflanking them and attacking them from their weak positions. It's wonderful. It, it's fucking insane. It's great. And it's... The way that it works is... Because there's, there's... 
it's really hard to explain how it works without um, going, going too, like, too far into depth of the rules. But basically, this is a game which has alternating activations. So in the movement phase, I move one, he moves one, and we keep <laughs> doing that. Same with the shooting phase and so on. Um, Warhounds can get around this. In that, before the game, you could put them into a squadron, which is like one, which is like two or three, and rather than just activating one, you can activate that group, and then whenever it moves, you move that group, or you then shoot with that group before it's the other person's turn. Yeah, so so one activation is the whole group. Yeah, and then the, your opponent activates one titan. So it's it's really useful, but at times may not be that beneficial depending on what you want to do. The Lupercal Manipul just goes at the start of um, the turn. You can just pick. Anything which is in that maniple of five warhounds and put them into a squad of your liking, and at the end of the turn you can just change it. Yeah. So each turn you just go, you know what, this turn I want all of them to be in one big squad, or I'll have those two in a squad, those three in a squad, or none of them in a squad, or just one squad of two and then a bunch of guys running around individually. You can just do that each fucking turn. Now this is beautiful because it reveals one of the complexities of Titanicus, which I actually experienced beforehand in Star Wars Armada. Mm. Now, Star Wars Armada plays differently. Because in Star Wars Armada, you pick a unit and you complete everything with that unit. So it moves, then it shoots. And then you do whatever orders or stuff, you know, with the ship. Now, Titanicus is you alternate moving, then you alternate shooting, then you do all this sort of stuff. So Star Wars Armada, it was very much, you had to kind of preempt what your opponent is going to do. And both in Titanicus and Armada, if you have more activations, that gives you much greater flexibility. Yeah. So you can force your opponent to move. <laughs> the microphone has taken a dive. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is... If you, if you, just hold, if you hold, that and keep talking, hold that and keep talking, that's, that's a, that wire doesn't connect. What is that? That's, that's a thing of wire. For, so technical hold, difficulties. Hold the microphone. Technical difficulties. Hold the, not hold it to your face. That'll, hold I'm, it somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah. We're that. experiencing some technical difficulties. The warp has overtaken us. The microphone has broken free That's of its like holdings. It's apart the step. How is that ripped? It has torn some metal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm not sure if this can be repaired or not. However, should be able to. <laughs> however, this is one of the great complexities. So alternating. Is it, this is a fuck up of our fucking hardware <laughs> more anything else. <laughs> yeah, this is Titanic in, in, in a nutshell. We're professionals. It's a microphone breaking and desperate repairs of the mechanic. As Pretty as much, yeah. The sanctified microphone of. This this is the Titanicus experience, albeit we haven't got anywhere near enough plasma fire. Yeah, like there, there's not enough there. plasma radioactive. Am I the right way? Now, while Alan fumbles with that, let's talk about activations. Now, having more activations than your opponent gives you greater flexibility. It allows you to react more to their moves. So, let's say, for example, you have a Titan that you're anticipating is going to be moving forward and you would like to outflank them. However, if you go first and you start your outflanking maneuver, it can then react, turn, face you, so you're no longer outflanking. Well, if you force your opponent to move first, so they are locked in position, this is very important with uh, Warlords, because Warlords have very low mobility and very low turning capabilities. Right, that's on tight now, it's not going to... You better not fucking move. That's... that's uh, the microphone is, is restored, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. The Can microphone we, is round restored. Of, round of applause for the... Uh, there you go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome Just, back. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And the, the Lupercal <laughs> allows you Pissed. to cheat. It allows Ow. you to cheat because squadroning is a great thing to do in Titanicus. However, the penalty is is that you sacrifice activations and you do not want to sacrifice activations. Now, the Lupercal Maniple allows you to assess every turn how many activations do I need. So, let's say, for example, 
you know, you just want to focus all your firepower on one guy, he's overexposed, you know, do you just risk it for the biscuit, make the, them a squad, and the, then... The easy example is, say you have one Warlord and I have five Warlords. I could form up a squad of four of them and then have one guy. And if I'm going first, I move that one guy, then you have to move your Warlord. Yeah. And then I can move all four to wherever they need to be. Yeah. And then I can activate them first to shoot the Warlord first and they're in a good position. Yeah. Just because I've used my activations properly. And when you're in a squad, you get a bonus if you all attack the same target. Not all. If one other person in the squad is attacking <laughs> the same target. Okay. And it's a declare. You have to declare one target to get this bonus on. Anyway. Yeah. And it's, it says in the Titanicus war, uh, the Titanicus rulebook, because uh, these these squadrons are made of individual titans. Now the individual titans can do whatever they want. They can target different stuff. They can move wherever they want. And in the rulebook, the justification for this is. Yes, you might not see that there's uh, a... Oh, yeah, there's, there's no, like... There's no nothing saying that they need to be within a certain range of each other. Yeah, there's no unicoherency rules. Because they're titans. <laughs> yeah. Because they're titans. They don't play by the rules because they're giant <laughs> fuck-off robots. They don't need to stand next to their yeah. buddy to say we're a squad because they're that. fucking titans. If they're in the same city, they're a squadron. Yeah. The Titanic rule book is just fucking wonderful. It's glorious. It's full of uh, bombastic, uh, fantastic lore... And also, like, combines it, gels it very nicely with realism. Now, back to the Lupercal Maniple. Yeah. So, Lupercal Maniple, you get an, uh, a bonus if you attack the same target. Now, as Alan said, that's fantastic. You go outflank, you choose the Warlord as your target, you get a bonus to attacking him. So th this is just a net win. Now, let's talk about the Regio Maniple. Before you do that, though, I was just going to say, the kind of bonus we're talking about here, if you manage to get, like, an outflank and have the Lupercal Maniple bonus, it makes, like, a small, small, basically, think, bolt gun level in this game be about as strong as a charged up plasma rifle. Yeah. That's, that's sort of like a leap in power. Bolt gun to power uh, plasma gun. Yeah. For free. For, for, for free. free. You just take your units. Now, Regia. Now, we've seen Regia in a lot of video battle reports. And people seem very, very keen to play the Regia. Now, is that the twin warlord one? Yes. This is where you take two warlords. And the law justification is they are the king and the queen. Cool shit. Cool ship, I'll take it. And the other, uh, the third Titan in the Maniple, because there's always three, and then you have additional uh, supplementary, is a Warhound. And if one Warlord passes an order within 12 of another Warlord, the other Warlord gains the benefit of an order. Now, orders are, are just some, you know, modifier. We won't really go into detail. Can be very nice. But Warlords are very good at making orders. They are literally yeah. the best Titan in the game for making orders. It's a 3 plus and a D10. They're probably going to make it. Yeah, like 80% chance they're going to make it. So having, you know, the auto pass on the second isn't that great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's not that great. Now, the other side of the Regia is that the Warhounds, the Warhounds are like guard dogs. That, that's the thematics behind it. And I love the fact they've designed it in a thematic manner. That's really cool to bring that in. So they play in a thematic way. Yeah, for the, for the king and the queen. Now, the Warhounds, what they do is basically in this game, uh, you can link Void Shields. So Void Shields are a protective layer uh, before you actually can damage the Titan. You have to break the Void Shields. Now, Warlords have a lot. Warhounds do not have much. But Warhounds are the one who can link the Void Shields. Yeah, squadroning. However... Um, in the, the in the Regio Maniple, if your Warhounds or Warhound is within three of one of the Warlords, they can take the shot for the Warlord. On their Void Shields. 
Now that that's the entire that's the entire manipul. So they have the the auto passing order if one succeeds, and the warhounds can take the shots for the warlords if they're within base contact. No, within three. Oh, within three. It specifies within three. For within three. Warlord. Now, this is bad. This is bad because you're completely shackling your warhounds from doing what they want to be. So in the loop cow manipul, they're moving forward. They're outflanking. They're trying to pick off bigger targets with concentrated fire. That yep. is. Perfect, perfect marriage of law and rules and Amazing. benefits. Just ev- everything works. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. Now, in this one, it's saying, take your small, squishy guy that is far better at just running ahead because he's got a lot of speed and outflanking and causing a problem for your enemy. You know, they either have to turn and face him and expose themselves to your attacks from your bigger bots or they try and ignore it. And then the the warhound is behind them, and then that's it. The warhound will just be safe for the rest of the game and shooting the shit out of them. Yep. However, the regia it incentivizes using your warhounds as ablative wounds for your warlords, which are the toughest titans in the game. So it's like you have the toughest titan. That is, you know, the small titan is taking the shots for him, and that's and the wrong way around. Also, the smaller titan hasn't got that long range guns, so no. it's probably going to be useless in this time. It's going to be pretty much. Just ablative wounds for just under half of the cost. Yep. And now, this is an extremely popular mana pool. <laughs> yeah, so, well, and it's bad. But if, it you get, bad. if you get like two warhounds, then that, that's ablative wounds. Or you just get a third warlord in yeah. a different mana pool, which is more useful. <laughs> yeah. You just take the Myrmidon or Myrmidion, whichever one it is. It, it is Myrmidon. Um, you know, and just take all warlords. Instead of messing around with warhounds, which aren't going to be fulfilling their purpose. Now, that is the example of Titanicus being a little bit wonky with internal balance. Now, there's more on that later where I think there's a massive skew in internal balance, and I really want a, uh, not a patch, but an update, you know. I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, do you mean FAQs? Errata. 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 I want an errata. Now, okay, so Titanicus. Why is it amazing? Because Titans can blow up. Because Titans can blow up. We played a game last night where I got shat on from a height. By the way, great W. Great W for me. Yep. Big W. <laughs> I, I, I misdeployed somewhat. And then misplayed the first turn, then part of the turn after. Which I, I accept my responsibility. As is. There came a point at the end where it was clear I was going to lose. I had like two warhounds left. One of them was fucked because in this game you have like locational damage and they get like the gun can get disabled or the legs get broken or they can have the reactor start breaking, etc. Yeah, they all, they all have plasma reactors which can overload, and when <laughs> when the reactor overloads, it is terrible for you. It is very bad. Yeah. It is never good. Things start going wrong very quickly. Um, I still had two of them. One of which was fucked. Up against a warlord that was fine and a reaver that was pretty fine. Badly he was, damaged he was a good-looking reaver. Badly uh, damaged on the body, but I kept reigniting his void shields every turn. Now, again, these these void shields they crop up. You can't damage the hull without destroying the void shields. And uh, whenever an attack destroys the void shields, it ends the attack immediately. So let's say I had a ten-shot weapon of strength ten. Let's pretend. Yep. And I shoot your void shields. You've only got one shield point left. I remove that. With but the all, first, the, all the shots are just got into the void. All shield. of them are gone. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get rid of. Yeah. Because if you have a big damaging gun, you do not want to be shooting at void shields because it will just eat your big damaging gun 
one way or the other. Even if they fail, this is how they so they balance the weapons around. So you don't just end up going, "Well, I'll just take all the great big titan you can weaponry," because that doesn't work. Because there's void shields, so you need to have some of the smaller weaponry to tear it down and so on. Because they've done a good job at making this game varied. Anyway, so he had a void. He had a raven that was basically fine. I had one. My one warhound was on the objective I needed. I had to try and get off the borders, down to quick Titan crew. But the one that was fucked <laughs> was over by both of his. And I, I was like, you know what? I was thinking about what to do with it. I was debating. I was like, hang on. It's reactors nearly at full. And as the reactor level goes up, things get bad, as we mentioned. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going to boost the shit out of this thing, fire its reactor up to full, and run it at his lads. Because there's a chance it's going to just blow up. And it did. It <laughs> fucking did. It was, it was wonderful. I was in a losing position, but there was still an out. It wasn't just a case of like, well, I've lost 70% of my guys. I'll lose the others quicker. Which is generally how 40k works, is that there's the initial turn or two where who loses more, and you then start losing more quicker. That's why every bat rep is an hour for turn one, yeah. 30 minutes for turn two, 20 minutes, 5 minutes, 3 minutes. Or like the, the extremely protracted 40 minutes per turn, but we know who's won. In turn one, yeah, I, I prefer guys Sometimes who deployment. I pre- yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, but I prefer the guys who are just going to go look. If if the fifth turn is five minutes, we'll just show the five minutes, and we're not going to stretch it out. Yeah, but the Tannicus, rather than going, yeah, you're straight fucked at that point because that pretty much everything has the chance of blowing up because there's outs like that you can play to. It's like fuck it, I'm going to run him over there, and I took out the Reaver. Yep, <laughs> I took him right the fuck out with this explosion. After yep. they had an amazing duel over a cargo container, it was great. Yeah, that was that was something. Um, but when I first read the Titanicus rulebook, because I love the law, I love rules, I love this sort of stuff, and 8th edition is a real mixed bag. If you listened to the podcast previously, you will understand that there is definitely highs and lows. There may have been points you've complained about the hobby. Couldn't tell you when. <laughs> yeah, couldn't, couldn't tell you when. Couldn't pinpoint. Uh, Tower Codex, very good. Check yeah. that one out. It's now, awesome. when reading the Titanicus rulebook, it was amazing. I really, really like the rulebook. Is it watertight? Is it perfect? No. It's fucking close. It's fucking close. It does a great job. So the law-wise, the law really does a great job in giving you the feeling that this is a protracted war of attrition. And casualties are high. Mm. You should expect high casualties in your games. You should expect bitter grudge matches in your games, because that's what the heresy is. It's pitted previous allies against each other. Ancient pacts and oaths have been broken. It's really in... amazing we haven't got into the heresy before this point, <laughs> with the whole brother fighting brother bitterness thing. I mean, we've always been Imperium Chaos. That's true. In that's one true. stage in our in our career. Now, that's just beautiful. That's beautiful. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> would, would you stop? <coughs> I'm still ill. I am still ill. Um, We're trying to look professional there. Look professional. <laughs> oh, smashed the microphone. After the phone went off, the microphone smashed. Oh my god. <laughs> great. <laughs> great podcast. It, it's yeah. never a dull moan. You couldn't tell we've been doing this for every year. Not yet. Yeah, we have. Have we? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we've been doing this over a year now. Hey. Yeah. Hey, well yeah. done, everyone. Yeah. We made it. I did we, not realise it was we, a year. We celebrated this. <laughs> Didn't we? Yeah, we spoke about this. I think we mentioned on the podcast. We meant to mention it on the podcast. We meant to. There it is, there guys. <laughs> Happy year! Yeah. Well, I got some party poppers uh, at work. We oh, could, we could have had them. Oh, I, had I them, even thought about having party poppers. Like, we've we've blown our lives. Impersonate oh. them quick. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Someone's shitting himself falling down a well. <laughs> My experience of parties. Now, <laughs> yeah, so the rules. Um, rules are great. And also there's little messages from the designers. Um, and they're just really nice, kind of slightly lacking in confidence, but friendly messages. Like, hey guys, uh, we hope we don't disappoint you. Uh, this is what we think is cool, and we really hope that you guys are on board as well. But no worries if you're not. Yeah, <laughs> Those sorts of messages. It, it is also abundantly clear that it's kind of like, look, this is fun. Have fun with it, guys. Like, that's the kind of feel. You have the well-written law. You have the really tightly written rules. Yeah. And then you have this general attitude from the designers that comes through in quite blatantly in some places where they've literally just go like, we've made it. We think it's really good. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah. But they literally say that. Other points where it's a bit more hidden, but it's just like there's an earnestness to this book. Just love And that is something that's come across in both Necromunda and Titanicus, is the feeling that this is a return to the quality of old rules. Now, I know that we both just said Necromunda's broken and busted. That's true. Yes. That is true. But you can feel the passion dripping off the pages. Yeah. You know, there is really a love of the hobby and they put their all into it. Whereas sometimes, with certain moments in 40k, <laughs> it has felt like they've had to print something. You know, like all the times that they just copy and paste sections of law from codex to codex. You know, like the Admech book. The Admech book is literally copy and paste from the last edition. What about the Space Wolf Codex that I literally shipped missing bits? Yeah, I mean, that's you know that that's a bit of a fuck-up, so I, I don't really <laughs> count that one. I mean, but... But this, you know what I mean. They should where, be better at it. Yeah, where it's just lazy printing. Whereas these both were like, this is passion projects of guys that... You know, you, you get the, the impression that they enjoyed 4th and 5th. Mm. You get that they are this old guard... And that resonates with me. Also, when I read they love the older edition of this game. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. So they they are, they are the the core people for this. Yeah. They know their shit. They love the original, and they want to modernize it, which they've done really fucking well. And big credit to GW for allowing these people to do it. Oh yeah, like, which is amazing. Like I love the idea that they've gone. Okay, you guys love it. This is your passion project. Like you can read it in the White Dwarf. There's we like think we can make them. money off it. This is good. Yeah. You know, go with it. I'm glad that they did that instead of just going, Matt Ward can write everything for it. <laughs> and suddenly uh, the Titans were spreading their legs, spread eagle as they no, no, flew no. through the sky, no, 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 backflipping no, no. each other be. into death. Warlord Titan, oh god, how do you take the position? I don't know how we'll ever do it. Oh look, an ultramarine! He's got it, guys! <laughs> World ultramarine. Over. Yeah. yeah. Rabu Gilliman was actually in command of every Titan ever. <laughs> Except the traitors. Nope, including the traitors. And that's how he was able to orchestrate the downfall of the Horace Man. The, <laughs> the Horace Man. The, the, the Bad Man. The Bad Man. The Bad Man. Because he had control of all the Titans. Because all of them swore fealty and loyalty to him. And no Ultramarine has ever turned I, fucking I was waiting chaos to say, No Ultramarine has ever turned so to chaos. Because they're too pure. We hit the Ultramarines with our, with our checklist of hate. Yeah, they're too pure off the list. At least we're consistent. Yeah. So let, let's talk about gameplay. So the rules are tight. One year in, we're still complaining. <laughs> One year in, we're still in the same boat. The, the rules are tight. Now, up until Fulgrim bitch slaps him. Up until Fulgrim bitch slaps him. At which point, we're all great. But yeah. the rules for Titanicus, it's a lot of fun. It mm. is a lot of fun. And all Titans have capability. So like, if, if I have a, a Warhound versus a Warlord... There is every possibility, given certain equations, if you like, certain outcomes, certain 
um, plays, yeah. the Warhound can beat the Warlord. And it's not that unrealistic, despite the fact that the Warlord is twice the points and much tougher, more firepower, but the Warhound can still beat it. Now, when you take that in um, the grand scheme of things, so like a big battle, uh, yeah, Warhounds definitely have a chance. And I'd, I'd say the thing is, it's like a Warhound, one-on-one -on -one with a Warlord, I reckon is pretty favoured with an infinite number of turns. The issue comes in, yeah. in that the games aren't one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. and they're not an infinite number of turns. Yeah. And when you actually have other things working in conjunction with the Warlord, like, oh, I don't know the rest of your stuff, and you've planned it out, and you're actually thinking tactically, the Warhound <coughs> opposite, sorry, the Warlord offers a shit ton of firepower, and the Warhound should never get in the position to just be constantly harrying it and causing problems. Yeah. And... That's just fantastic in Titanicus, because you have that overlapping elements. So a Warlord in itself, and this is why in a lot of battle reports, and I mean, maybe people are going to hate us for saying this, because I think people in battle reports misuse Warlords. And yes. I think they put their Warlords in bad positions, the Warlord then gets outflanked, and then it does nothing for the game. Because Warlords turn very, very slowly. So it's very easy to just stay behind the Warlord. And it can never yeah. shoot you. Well, they'll go like, you know what, I'll put the Warlord on that flank. It has that flank. I don't think... Okay, there's going to be situations where Warlord can hold that flank. But they're few and far between, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, things in Titanicus generally want some support. Yeah. And that's great. You know, it is about that overlapping support element mm. for each other. You cover the weaknesses of the other Titans, such as, you know, when we're talking about Void Shields, you need rapid-fire, low-strength projectiles to strip Void Shields to then have the heavy guns pile in. So like you were saying, if you take a, a Warlord with all big guns, yeah. it's not going to do that well because it can never strip the Void Shields. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, a but, bit more complexity. But if there was a couple of other things which strip the Void Shields. Like, say, if you have some Warhounds with a bunch of machine guns, yep. they're going to do fuck all the Titans, but they'll take Void Shields off real quick, and then your big Warlord can just nail them. Right, just... Yeah. <laughs> just, like, unload both barrels. <laughs> just steaming yeah. miasma of passion. Now, Bellicosa is a sexy gun. It is a sexy gun. And that's awesome, because list building matters. But also, just going back to 8th edition... Now, let's talk Imperial Knights, because we have Imperial Knights in both. Hooray! Now, an Imperial Knight, which is 400 points, or there or thereabouts, I don't want to get specific, I don't I mean, want to get told I, mean, I mean, I could. Yeah, <laughs> there or thereabouts. And now, if I had 400 points of Orc boys, my boys will never take out that knight. How many points are they nowadays? Like, it's like seven eight. points. Seven, seven points, points a boy. So it's not a lot, it's 90 yeah. boys. Yeah, no, they're never going to do that. The knight will never... Sorry, the boys will never kill the knight. They just... They can't. And if you make them into the 30-man blobs, so three 30-man blobs, they lose to the knight. If it's 10-man, it's a bit different. Now, in Titanicus, there is that potential for any unit to harm any unit. And in a meaningful way. Not in, in a just meaningful the, way. Not just the, oh, well, you hit them, and then on sixes, you cause a wound. No, no, in Titanicus, there's like a feasible chance to win. Like, I'm trying to think of... Um, a skew list against a skew list where it goes wrong. And what you mean because, by skew list is like... Yeah, if I was saying like just one kind of titan. Yeah. Like I'm just so like riptides versus tau drones. Yeah. For example, you know, those are two skews there where you just yeah. spam one unit. Obviously there's a rule of three, but don't get pedanticus. I'm just trying to think. Because like, knights, I can see knights doing very well um, in a lot of circumstances. Like, There's nothing I don't think that knights can handle by themselves. 
but at the same time, it's not like it's going to be like an immediate lose situation. Like any, uh, or just a similar amount of points or anything. Like the equivalent amount of points of knights versus warlord, then warlord could still properly take them, or do enough. It's not going to be an automatic lose. Like it's it's interesting. Yep. There's nothing which is just if you bring this, you're fucked. Yep. Unlike 40k, where there's a lot of if you bring this, you're probably fucked. And something that you know we've we've played against each other now. Uh, just to give you a brief background, if you don't know, Alan typically wins. I typically lose. Yep. That's fair enough. Um, and in Titanicus, it definitely hasn't felt far-fetched that I could win. And we've we've been playing like mostly the same list against each other. I've now recently varied mine. Yeah, because um, we're, we're, we're at the start of our collection with this. And to be fair, we're like not too far of completing it. Yeah, but also really, very much in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we don't have a lot of variety. We can't really swap in, you know, lots of Oh, yeah, of it's not like we, we have like enough. three of everything, so we can just swap in whatever. Yeah, but... Playing against each other with the same lists, and even though I lost with my initial list, uh, it always felt feasible that I could beat him. Yeah. And there's a great feeling with Titanicus as well, where board layout, map layout, deployment, it all weighs into that final outcome. Whereas 40k, it can just very much be, I have my big shooter unit, mm. I put big shooter unit in center of board, because good position, and I leave it there for game. Yeah. Now you can do the same thing with Titanicus. However, I would argue Titanicus me- makes you have to move and engage your enemy. You can't just sit there standing there. Yeah. You will like, get outmaneuvered it's and they can move behind you. a great job of balancing the weapons in that there's very few weapons that are long range and good at stripping void shields. So you need something to go forwards typically. Yeah. And it as well, you know, with with certain matchups if you stay back you're just going to lose so you do have to move forward. And then you can get outflanked and all this brilliant stuff where you have to carefully gauge your own movement and your opponent's movement as well. Mm. Um, so in terms of just like sprinkle level, top level of getting into Titanicus, it feels amazing. Yeah. Now, going into a little bit more depth, there is definitely jankery. There is definitely stuff which is broken. Is there... Like broken, I would say, I wouldn't say broken. Broken's far too strong a word. Okay, but the Mori Quake Cannon. The Mori Quake Cannon is actually the point where I probably draw the line. I keep forgetting about that. I think that is the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, because yeah. it is never use that saying again. I know, but never. I love it. I love it because it annoys Alan. No, and it makes it no sense. But it does make I, sense because it's no. the exception that proves the rule. Because if there's an exception, there has to be a rule to create an exception. No. Yes. But it can't now, prove the rule if there's an exception. In that case, no, no, no. You make an exception. Wrong. You make an exception. It doesn't prove the rule. The rule. <laughs> no, it is an incorrect Alec, rule. The tree doesn't make sound. <laughs> it falls. <laughs> it does make sound. Now, does it though? It does. Well, it, it depends does. What, what qualifies as sound though? No, we're not going into this. It, now, it, the Mori Quake without Mori Quake cannon, cannon without an observer. The Mori Quake cannon makes sound. Does anything exist without an observer? The Mori Quake cannon makes a sound, and it's a bad sound because the Mori Quake cannon is just, it's like, it's a weapon you put on the Warlord. And it has great utility, it has great range, and it has great punching power. And it's cheap. Yeah. But to put it into perspective, the Bellicosa, which is like the big doo-doo manju cannon. The big fuck-off gun that goes, look, here's a fucking high-strength weapon in a large blast. Yeah, here's a Mamu. Here's a Mamu Back gun. in the old days, we used to have templates rather than just rolling a D6 to signify an oh, explosion. Yeah. We just put the t- like... A circle Tem- over things that were going to blow up, and it was cool. Templates are fucking amazing, guys. Yeah. I like. I just cannot stress how amazing templates are. I miss them. I love them. 
And I love the representation of a blast with just an actual area of effect rather than just some dudes who are hit by something. Rather missiles at them, what happens? I roll D6, roll a two, uh, two of them get hit. Yeah. As opposed to, I put this fucking circle over the unit, those fuckers are gone. That's being hit. Like, back in the old days of 40k with demolish cannons being absolutely terrifying for everyone. Yeah, they, they <laughs> fucking hell, they were, they were terrifying. Jesus, yeah. Terrifying. It's 8b3, like strength 8, goodbye anything which is infantry. Strength 10, Oh, demolishers, sorry, I was thinking of the battle cannon. Battle cannon was awful for space marines. Demolish cannon, strength 10, AP2, which yeah. just meant, hey look, unit of terminators, not anymore. Could have. <laughs> um, so yeah, blast templates are back. Bellicosa is... Twice the points of the Mori Quake Cannon and change is like two and a half times. Yeah. And it is strength 11, I believe. Bellicosa strength 11, I think. Yeah, strength 11, large blast, one shot. Now, the Mori Quake Cannon is large blast, strength 9, so two less strength, but still high. Strength yeah. 9 is good. Um, and also, if you get hit by it, you halve your movement. Which is fucking bonkers. Which is insane. Like, there is amazing utility in a game which requires movement. So if yeah. you pop this on a Warhound, the maximum the Warhound can go is 6 inches, and that Warhound could die as a result of this one slowing effect. It's, it's so absurd. That's that's the one thing that I'll call broken at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I'll agree with you on that. That's there's also warp missiles, which we haven't got in the game yet because there's no models for it, but you know, it could be an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, the balance is pretty great. Yeah. Now, I would argue that there are definitely weak and strong options. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think we've we've explored them a little bit in our games as well, and we definitely feel. But even stuff like which is, for example, there's um basically like a flamethrower you can put on the warhounds, which I initially wrote off completely. I've been looking at it again and thinking, well, if you actually put two of it on the same warhound, that warhound become pretty fucking scary. Yeah, like it is. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's it's not a, a flat thing. So, and you know, just let's get into the games that we played. Now, some of them have been incredibly one-sided. Others have been a little bit protracted. If you listened to the last episode, you may have heard my <laughs> my uh, my genuine dismay, anguish, and but passion for losing. <laughs> yeah, after after ranting for the entire last episode, we then stopped. And Henry goes, "Do you want to play some Titanicus?" <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love it. I I got absolutely. I want to play after this. this I episode definitely want to play after this. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the thing. Talking about Titanicus, every time we do it, we're like. Let's just go play it. Yeah, let's let's just go play it, which is amazing. I love it. Uh, Take the podcast with us. The microphone's already fucked. It's portable now. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's like an exciting new romance of a which hobby involves variety. both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> questions. Um, We're dallying with this new love of ours, Titanicus. Titanicus, this rose-scented sweetheart. Now, when the people in the mirror, who I call my friends, ask what I've been up to lately, <laughs> I explain I've been dallying with a new love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mirror people. Then I saw them with the dice as well. They had to die. Yeah. <laughs> For five dollars, we'll yeah. kill our, our reflections. reflections. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, okay, so the games we played. You know, and there's a real tension in them. There's a real tension. Oh, yeah. Like it's Everything is kind of cutthroat. E I mean, we, we play in a very lackadaisical manner. We're pretty forgiving. We're pretty generous. So, you know, like, if something's in cover, we'll just be like, you know what, have it. Just yeah. have it. Yeah. Well, rather than like, um, it's like, is it a full like quarter in cover? It's not quite like, if it is, a bad fuck it. Why not? Yeah. And like, you know when, well, you may not know if you haven't played Titanicus or any game previous of uh, Games Workshop when you have a blast template, but basically, blast templates move, they scatter, and there'll be times where it kind of just clips the base. And you're like, does that hit... And it's a bit iffy, you know, we'll give that. 
Yeah. We'll give that because let's just play. It adds to it. It just makes the game funner. Rather than arguing with your opponent, it's just like, ah, if it let it. Just let it happen. Yeah. yeah. But even then, I'd say like the the battle last night, I didn't have a good feeling about that fight pretty much from the get go. Yeah. And yet it was still close. It, it still, still felt close. close. It was still even after some shit went very wrong for me, it was like, well, I can still get out of this. Yeah. There, there is a feasible back into the game. And there's also something brilliant with Titanicus in the... There are shocking moments. There are real shocking moments where you suddenly have a Titan that was on full HP, full void shields. He is protected for days, suddenly is evaporated by a freak high-rolling volley. It can happen. It, it's the thing is, it can happen. They've done a good enough job of making things tough, without just making them Adobe tanks. Yeah. For example, trying to kill a Riptide, it's a Adobe tank, especially yeah. best drones. It's a Adobe tank for days. Whereas Titanic is like, yeah, they're, they're tough boys. That they can potentially survive a lot of damage, but there's also the chance that say you manage to fire off a powerful volley, they all hit it in a bit which is already crippled, and you just take it the fuck out there and then. Yeah. I mean, such as happened with my revit yesterday with your Titan explosion. Yeah, it like, happened to injure an area that was half damaged anyway, and it just it killed the reaver. It just killed the reaver. Now, I think why Titanicus works from uh, a vehicle-on-vehicle combat level is because a they don't have wounds as such. Yep, as it's just 40K. bits are crippled. Bits are crippled, and it also has a, a beautiful combination of. Um, like back in the old days, we had vehicle damage, so you could mm. blow weapons off of the vehicle, you could immobilize the vehicle. It has a wonderful combination of that and pseudo wounds, in that you have to damage an area enough to get there. to get to the the outcome of. So if, you, if you haven't like or, seen people play this game, I'd say just check out the terminals because they're fucking cool. Yeah. Like to keep track of like all this stuff, you get a little terminal with little cogs you move around to go like, oh, the shields have gone down by two points. You move that down on this little terminal, and it's really like fun and tactile to do that. Just be like. Oh god, the reactor's going up there, you're like moving it around as though it's it, like a little like control dial. It feels like those thing. old sci-fi shows. Yeah. That's what great. it feels like. But what I was gonna say is the reason why it works so well is because you don't have ward saves. And I think ward saves are the big thing that would fuck Titanicus. Well if they if they brought if they brought them in. Knights have them. Yeah, knights but, have them, but they there's a modifier. Yeah, like it's there's a modifier. Knights you, have an invulnerable save, <coughs> essentially. But you but can it, overpower Yeah, it. if you have a strong enough gun, it says, I don't fucking care, it doesn't work. Yeah, put that down. Yeah, Put that down. Like the Bellicosa, that thing will just say, "Oh, you have you have an invulnerable save." No, it's gone. No, you don't. It's I a fucking Bellicosa. It. You're gone. And this is why I think things feel a little bit bullshit sometimes in 40k, especially things like the Riptide, or you know some of the characters Storm in the games. Yeah, Storm Shields, Storm where Shields. you have three plus and four plus invuns. Where back in the old days, you know, we talk about this quite a bit, but you know, it's nostalgia. It's where we grew up. Um, a Laz Cannon was a threat to any tank. Any tank in the game was threatened by a Laz Cannon. Yeah. You know, it might be an unlikely threat. Yeah, but, but it's, it's still, still a chance. Had, yeah, One it, bloke with a Laz Cannon could bring down a monolith back when monoliths weren't laughing stocks. Yeah. Now, beyond wounds, because we all know, you know, Maximum can do his six now, and, you know, Laz Cannon can do six wounds to a vehicle yeah. or a man or whatever. And he has a Hulk Shroud Knight, it just laughs at you. But the ward save. The ward save is what changes the game. So sometimes you'll just have that impenetrable ward save. Kind of like the void shields, but the void shields can be overcome with other things. And the iron shield saves on the, the Imperial Knights, you can overcome that. So with yeah. void shields on the Titans, if you get within two inches of them, void shield's gone. 
you can just do damage to the Titan. You can do pure damage to the Titan. So if you hit them with a close combat weapon, it's just doing pure damage to the Titan. Yeah, there's no void that's going to get in the way. Also, I'd say the other thing is you don't have anything like mortal wounds. You don't have mortal wounds. Mortal wounds are a response to invulnerable saves, but also they... Games Workshop has difficulty balancing them, it's kind of clear. Yeah, it's and it's a skew on a skew, because ward saves really do skew the game. Because a 3-plus invun, just from a, um, from a morale point of view... You know, if I have a Devastator team and you have a guy with a 3-plus invun, I look at that and in my mind I'm thinking, my odds are not good. Yeah. My odds are really not good. Whereas in Titanicus, you have those four last cannons, but the other guy does not have a 3-plus invun. Yeah. He does not have a save that will last forever. He is maybe, uh, you know, a 3-plus invun that has three wounds in itself. Yeah, because so he gets three failures and it's gone. Yeah, because once it goes, it's done. You can get it back, but it's unlikely. So it's, it's really cool like that. Yeah. And the game itself is just fucking great. It is fucking great. Now, I want to talk about um, going back to the Manipals and the Legions, just for a second. Specifically the Legions. Okay. Now, when we're talking about the Legions, the Legions definitely incentivize different structures. Yeah, they, like, there's... And even then, it's not a... It's not hard and fast. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like you should definitely take this with this. Like, okay, your one's a really good example, because I think that's one of the best... My, mine is the best example. ...of, like, a skew-type thing. But, well, I'll mention mine as well, but if you go for yours first. So, I went for Legio Defensor, which are the religious nutballs of the 30th millennium. They're amazing. The paint scheme is amazing. Uh, I really love them as a legion. They don't have, like, the strongest stratagems, but they have some nice stuff. They you have know? a pretty fucking good rule, though. They have a very nice rule, very nice, which is before the game begins, any of my Titans... After deployment. After deployment. Any of my Titans may fire one of their weapons at an enemy that is within line of sight and arc of fire. And range. And range. Because in this game, we also forgot to mention, sorry, but just with all the flanking and all that sort of stuff, you do not have 360-degree fire. Yeah, you have to be... You have to be in front of the model to shoot it. And things actually have to turn a certain amount of time to turn. So you can just outflank and then they're stuck in a bit you can't shoot at. Yeah. Because the Warlord won't turn fast enough, that kind of thing. So the Warlord turns 45 degrees maximum turn and then you can boost it to move 90. But a Warhound can just stay behind it the whole game. Yeah, because it can stay behind. It's a nippy little bastard. So before the game begins, I can have free shots with any of my Titans with one of their weapons against any of the enemy Titans so long as they're in line of sight. Arc of Fire. And it, all it costs me is plasma. So you have a number of uh, slots for your plasma reactor. Yep. Uh, this is something that you boost for your Titan to either boost defensive or offensive capabilities uh, or mobility. And yeah, boosting it is great. However, a Warhound has very few reactor slots. And doesn't it cost you two reactor? To fire? It costs two reactor to fire this special attack. And Warhounds, basically, when you use two reactors, or two reactor slots, you go into what is called Amber. And that's not a woman. Basically, you're at a stage on your reactor where things start getting dangerous and things start going Yeah, your, your plasma core is starting to get a bit dangerously hot. And the odds of you blowing off your shields are pretty high. Yeah, so you could blow off your void shields, which are your defensive save, because no void shields, there are no saves, there are no armor saves, you're just open to the elements. Yep. And that um, can happen turn one. Can if you do turn this. one. Uh, or you take D3 strength nine hits to your body, or just a single strength nine. Well, 
Okay, the best case scenario is the single strength nine, but that's yeah. unlikely it's if unlikely. you are at this level of reactor. Anyway. And you might not be able to cure this reactor heat, so every turn you will be taking this damage yeah. if you can't cure it. Now, what is amazing about that, and what I just sort of realized after playing it the first time, was just, okay, so this actually incentivizes me to use big walkers. Big walkers with a deep plasma pool. Mm. Because then I can fire off my shots first turn. And the big titans also have more repair dice, because there's like a repair phase where you can mitigate some of the damage done to your titan. You can also cool your plasma cores. Now, the big titans have more dice to roll than the small titans. So if you fire off a load of plasma... But it comes for, to repairs. But it comes so to repairs. Things. So when you fire off a load of weapons for plasma, in exchange for plasma, in the first turn, you're not really... You haven't taken much damage at all. Mm. And then you have a lot of repair dice that you can roll and then just cool off that plasma. Yeah. So it's like a free shot. Whereas on a Warhound, it's potentially lethal. And there's you have to have a certain weapon to have any chance of being within range. Yeah. So it's already doubtful as to whether or not you really want to be doing that. So it's yeah, it, it's, it's skewed your list building, but yeah. it doesn't say don't bring the Warhounds because you don't have to shoot with them in that turn, yeah. and you may still want them. But the way that you've interpreted that is like, right, I'm going to try and... I want to try and go big. Full advantage of that, which is cool. And I'm not going to spoil what my list is because I think I'm doing quite a fun and... As yet, I haven't seen other people doing it. I'm not going to say that it's entirely unique. I'm sure people yeah. are doing it themselves. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun playstyle. I won't say what I'm doing. Because um, we may or may not have bat ribs coming. Because we may or may not. Ooh. Yeah. Titanabistus. Bat-tits. 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 Yeah, i got bat-tits on the way. But yeah, so that that's a great thing. It incentivizes playing with heavier titans just through kind of softly adjusting your playstyle. And it never just says... It doesn't say his restriction. Yeah, it never says his restriction, and it never says, look, please, just take big titans. It just, it has the rule, and it's open for interpretation. And it's just, I really like that, because it just, it's an element of trust, and also acceptance that the gamer has some intelligence. Yeah. Whereas other games, they'll just beat you around the head and like, no, only use big things, only, no little things. Whereas this is just like, hey... Use it if you like. Yeah. But you may still want to mix in some little things because you, you may need a bit of ball control. And you, you they won't get a bonus from your house, but your big guys will. So you probably want a few of them. Also, I think one of the biggest indicators for this game being a lot better balanced than 40k is there's no rule of three. Yes. There's nothing to say, oh, you want to play a 2,000 point game? You want to bring all warlords? Do it. You want to bring all knights? Do it. There's nothing which says you can't. There's nothing that says... Don't yeah. take too many, that'll be broken. Yeah, too much of this is too much. Do not do that. Yeah, because they just they haven't designed it in that way. You know what's going to happen in three months' time they introduce that? Yeah, like, <laughs> Only three Warhounds. Well, no, no, because we haven't predicted it. Okay. We tend to predict shit like this. Okay. I, if we anything, the Mori Quake Cannon is getting like a Navrata at some point. Yeah. Like I'm maybe hoping. in like six months' time after it's sold enough on Forge World and the next Forge World weapon's coming out. Yeah. That's, that's about my prediction. Yeah. Um, but my faction, my chaps quietly incentivizes you to go with a lot of titans because they give you re-rolls for each one that's died so it's like yeah you probably want to take more dudes but at the same time if you just took a shit ton of warhounds and only warhounds there's nothing to really take advantage of that re-roll too heavily because yeah. nothing's that important so you want to mix in some big guys and it's already like an interesting list building question challenge thing as to how how do you approach that to try and maximize it and do well with it Without also just going, just take these. Like it's they've yeah. done a great job with these. You know, I am really, really enjoying the flexibility of both weapon loadouts 
and legions and maniples. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the questions that are raised by the different legions and just sort of what combinations work. And what's really exciting and was, you know, to be fair, very exciting with the start of 8th, um, or I felt, is just because there's that element of unknown. Because at yeah. the moment, people haven't gone, okay, this is the meta, that is the best thing, although I'm pretty sure we're approaching this point very soon. Um, I don't know, I think possibly because Satanicus community isn't large enough yet and hasn't got the power gamers. Well, I, I think there's there's small stuff that we can already latch onto. So there's already, we yeah. know that the plasma on the Warhounds is very good, and the multi-laser yeah. is bad. We know that. It's not great, it's not bad. Great. We disagree on that. Yeah. Uh, but that's fun that we disagree on it. Yeah, yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. You were, you were I was saying, just about the. I think you were saying it's exciting because it's new. That's what yeah, you were saying. It's exciting because it's new, and it's exciting because nobody has gone. Okay, this is the strongest thing, because we're all just messing around with different stuff and different rules and different combinations. And there's different roles that each Titan can fulfill. So, for example, you know, I, on my Warlord, I have a giant fist. Well, the giant fist is great because it, it sort of deters anyone from coming close to him. Hmm. And it's an element of board control that you otherwise wouldn't have with that Warlord because getting closer would just be better. It changed when I played my game last night because there came a point where I made a mad dash to try and get off the board with one of my units, which I would have maybe waited a turn to do, but there was a Warlord that was getting close to the central objective I needed to pick yeah. up. I, to I the was... point where if, if you got like any closer, you could have just stepped forward and picked up the Warhound and crushed it, basically. Like the odds of the Warhound surviving a charge from the Warlord are astronomically low. Yeah. They are small. It's, it's not good. Um, As it should be, because if your Warlord somehow gets within... If your Warlord is able to charge a Warhound, the small nippy bastard that should never be there, yeah, it's going to fuck up its day and should do. Which is yeah. great. And it's just awesome, because the Warlord, you know, you can either have it as a backfield gunbot, or you can use it like mine, which is kind of like a midfield defender... You can also use it as a, uh, a fire magnet. You can use it in all these different ways. And the same with the Reavers, same with the Warhands. That, that's just with the same loadout. That, that's before yeah. you start switching loadouts around. Yeah. And just all these questions and answers that are within the game, which is just fantastic. So, for example, if you have a flanking Reaver or a flanking Warhound, well, those are entirely different scenarios, but the game gives you answers within the game. Yeah. So, for example, you know, you turn, you shoot, you, shoot, you fire, or you retreat, or you put intervening terrain in the way or you know all, all this great stuff um, however we do get to one of my big qualms of Titanicus which I think needs the errata which is now this is mission balance <laughs> look this is definitely mission just balance just because I picked the same mission every time yes but, okay basically Titanicus when you do a mission you roll the deployment and then you both roll two dice to determine your objectives and each one is a different. Each die is a different set of objectives, and you pick one secretly. So your opponent knows which of two game plans you may be going for. Yeah. And it's an interesting little bit of mind games. It's an interesting set of mind games. Um, however, as we discovered in one of our games, some objectives are objectively better. I th and there's there's definitely skews depending on the level of points you're playing. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you're playing... Uh, so one person has an objective where they have to retrieve the vital cargo, which gives them 15 points if they get off the board edge. 20. 20 points. Oh, sorry. Uh, don't know about vital cargo. something about the rescuing the crew. Okay, rescue the, the Titan crew, Yeah. which is basically a fallen warlord. You have to rescue the crew. You get 20 points if you get off the board edge. Yeah. Now let's say the other person is playing kill uh, Titans, because there's one which is just kill as many as you can. 
Now, if it's Warhounds, Warhounds versus Warhounds, let's say it's three versus three Warhounds, the yeah. maximum points you can get for killing all the enemy Warhounds is 18 points. Yeah. And the other guy can get 20. And then when you flip it the other way around, let's yeah. make it 4,000 points. Now, I don't know how many Warhounds that is. You know, let's say... It's, it's a lot of Warhounds. It's, it's a lot of Warhounds. Let's say uh, 15 Warhounds and the objective is only worth 20. Yeah. Now, I mean, to be fair, they, they, just, they've clarified that they have a sort of points level they've sort of aimed it at. Also, I think part of our issues with some of those retrieval missions is that we're not currently playing on a wide enough board. Not playing on a wide enough board. Which, but it, it does create a somewhat small issue, but yeah. And just some missions, there are just more points on offer. Hmm. So I think one of them, I can't remember which one it is, but you basically, you, you have a scoring objective, which is, you know, either get to a location or remove a certain piece from the board. Yeah, and also you get points for kills, which are less than you would get for killing. Which anything. is less than you get for just the straight killing objective, but it gives you a way of getting lots of points. So there was one game where you were playing Rescue the Titan crew. Yep, I was playing Vital Cargo, and we calculated that even if I got my Vital Cargo off the board edge, I couldn't beat you yep. based on the points that you had accrued. Although, um, which which kind of sucks because I've achieved my objective, but it simply wasn't worth as much as yours. Yeah. Which I think is definitely a problem, and I do think they need to increase the points for some. Maybe, yeah. Also, the, with the um, potential to have like killing stuff as an objective that gets you points, this reminds me of another brilliant bit of balancing which I find interesting, the fact that that exists. Because we were saying earlier how activations matter, so more units is pretty fucking cool. Um, this matters when it comes to missions like that, where it's, oh, you get a bonus for everything you kill. If you've brought a fuck ton of warhounds, you're going to lose a lot. <laughs> you're going to lose a lot of things. You're going to give away a lot of points. Yeah, it's cool like that. And warhounds are definitely more worth it than a warlord because a warhound is worth sixty percent of the warlord's point, sixty uh, percent of the warlord's victory points, shall yeah. we say? But it's worth half the actual points of a warlord, and it's a lot easier to kill. Yeah. So it's like it, it's a good way to make bank. It's just by bullying warhounds because they're easier to kill and worth comparatively more points. Yeah. But yeah, that that is my major qualm. And considering, considering we're not playing this for money, we're not professional Adeptus Titanicus players, yeah, and we're not playing to spill blood, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And we're just more interested in having a fun and good game, and that's what we've had so far. That is our experience of Titanicus. It's great. For anyone that's on the fence, I would recommend checking out a better report. Maybe holding off a little while yeah. to see... I, I say, yeah, if you're, if you're a fan of <laughs> professionals who definitely know how to slip a microphone Professionals stand. who don't smash microphones <laughs> professionals who turn all off the their, time. Professionals who turn off their phone before recording. Who turn off their phone, don't smash microphones. I mean, let's face it, we're the rock and rollers of Warhammer podcasts. In <laughs> that we're inept. We never have a script, we just sit down, we chow it out. That's Maybe not the best. No, well, yeah, the, phone, the phone is on. The microphone is smashed. You know what? Fuck it. It's raw. It's organic. We are the Liam Gallagher's of Warhammer enthusiasm, which isn't a great thing because I don't I, like Liam Gallagher. I, I, you know I'm not sure I'm on board with this analogy. It's there now. It's there. Titanicus. Yes. No. Yes. 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 I think so.